Welcome to this week's episode of Tech Talk Live. This week we're going to be talking about a pretty popular esports game called Overwatch. Now, I know we're supposed to be having a guest today. Uh, she's currently in traffic. So, uh, until she gets here, I will be going through and we'll be talking about it. Um, just let her know really quick. Okay. So, today we're going to be talking about Overwatch. Now, giving you a little bit of insight into Overwatch on a whole, though, uh, I want to start off by giving you some information. So, Overwatch is a shooter game. It's very similar to Team Fortress 2 in that you have certain classes in your shooters. You've got the tanks, you've got the snipers, you've got the people who set up like turrets and whatnot, so the mechanics. Uh, you've got the people who jump around, looking so like your scouts. Um, you've got your spies, in a sense. And, of course, you just... You generally have the different characters, and sometimes they're a little weird. Oh, right, and your medics. Um, so... One of the weirder characters, that's actually one that's recently come out called uh, Doomfist. Now, he's a legendary villain in the game, and he's broken out of prison. So, that's that's kind of the basis that they have going along with him. Um, and he's got this gauntlet that gives him like special abilities, even more so than without it. Uh... This game is one that is also created by Blizzard, also known as Activision. Um, it was originally created, well, originally um, introduced to the public back in 2014's BlizzCon. Um, from there, they had closed beta from 2015 to early 2016 and uh, became an open beta in 2016, which surprisingly... But then again, not surprisingly at this point, drew nearly 10 million players. Uh, the reason why I say is not not necessarily surprisingly is because just look at Player Underground, sorry, Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, um, where that's still in beta and that's one of the most popular games out there right now for esports. Now, there's been a lot of different stuff that's happening with this game and people overall like it. Um, there are several different, so the official names that, as to what I was talking about earlier are offense, defense, tank, and support, um, where offense characters, you know, they're the high mobility, they're going to try and take you down for a large amount of damage, um, typically can be seen as some glass can, um, glass cannons, depending on the, um, character type. Defense, of course, are the characters that may not do as much damage. They're not quite tank material, but they're not going to die all that quickly either. Um, they're the ones that you're going to really want in particular areas to make sure that it's not so easy for them to get to the checkpoint or uh, whatever area that you're trying to get to. Um, these can also be the same persons that set up sentry turrets and traps and stuff like that. 
Your tank characters, of course, the tank character. Uh, they have the most health inside the game. They typically have a way to create barriers. Um, or just overall make sure that they are one of the last persons alive. Um, some, the majority of them have the ability to pull up their shield, like I mentioned, which can also survive, well, help the team survive on a whole. And of course, support other characters that, you know, either keep you alive or weaken the opponent's team. Um, don't expect them to do a whole lot of damage. Don't expect them to live very long, typically because they also get focused down almost as soon as someone sees them. But um, they can create buffs, debuffs. Uh, so buffing your team, debuffing the other team's team. Uh, and, you know, that generally helps things out, making sure that, you know, the match goes fairly easily. Of course, you can have certain maps that, well, certain matches, I should say, that are complete. I don't know another word to really put it, but are insane. Um, so, for example, there are the assault maps, uh, which are capturing two target points in a sequence on the map while defending team must stop them. You've got the escort maps where the attacking team is tasked with escorting a payload, which is kind of like a little uh, dolly or trolley, however you want to call it, that has something and is kind of like being pushed by itself, but you have to be around it for it to move. Um, and that it moves from one area to the next and you have to stop the team that's uh, trying to stop you and actually make it there. Now, let me see, yeah. Oh, right, one last thing. The trolley or payload can move backwards. Um, but that's, that's definitely something that you want to avoid. There's the hybrid map, which is the assault and escort map. So that's pretty much where the attacking team has to capture your payload. Um, as if, you know, it was the target point from assault and escort it to a destination while the defending team tries to hold them back. And of course, there's then the control map, which, you know, each team tries to capture and maintain control points until their capture percentage reaches 100%. Typically, this is a best of three type of format. So if you lose one, don't worry, you can try to make it back. But yeah, doesn't always work out as well as sometimes you hope. And there have been situations that I've seen where it has been an overwhelming three to zero uh, map as well when it comes to that. Now, there's also an overtime period. So if, an object if one of your objectives was not completed, then pretty much that puts you into overtime and you know it allows you to continue attacking continuously to push your objective if the attackers have cleared the objective um, or have a limited amount of time shown by the countdown timer to reestablish their attack before they lose the round 
The length of this countdown meter shortens the farther into the overtime period. And additionally, the spawn time of the defending team is two seconds longer than overtime. But only if the player died during overtime. So if you died, overtime then happened, you still come back at the regular time. Uh, there are different size maps. So you can end up being on a really small map. Or you could end up being on a really long map. It all depends. Um, there are also maps that have obstacles in the way, like there's a map that has a car and well cars because it's on a highway, I should say. And um, if you jump off the side of the building and you end up on the highway, a car can come along and just like kill you. So, yeah. One of the more interesting things I should really say about this game, though, is the game modes. Um... There are a number number of different modes to it. So, for example, of course, there's the tutorial and the practice modes, and that's fine. And you can be playing against computer-controlled opponents. But there's also casual matchmaking, which is where a lot of, well, casual players will be, where they're trying to get better at the game, they're trying to learn a new character. Or, you know, you just, you don't want to play ranked. I know, quite honestly, while some of my friends are typically in the competitive play section, I don't necessarily feel comfortable there. I, I feel more comfortable being in the casual section. Like, I don't want people yelling at me if I mess up. Which, you know, if it's ranked, that's typically what's going to happen. Um, things can sometimes get toxic, but... This is Hearthstone. This is not League of Legends. And while sometimes it can be a little overwhelming, generally, most people don't get overboard with it. Now, there's also weekly brawls, which are pretty much the regular maps, just certain elements of it have changed. So, sometimes, for example, um, they can be themed, um, such as a three-on-three -three soccer match, like a Lucio, um, Lucio Ball, or Brawl. I forget what, exactly which one it's called. Um, it can be a cooperative player versus environment, defense mode, uh, where you pretty much team up with a bunch of people and you have to make sure that your payload doesn't get destroyed by a bunch of robots or minions or whatever and so you have to break down these robots and make sure that you know you guys survive uh there's also capture the flag um, which was actually part of the chinese new year event for this year that was interesting um well you pretty much run got the flag and then you have to make it back to your base uh but if your flag is caught, then you have to try and get the person who has it for it to actually turn in properly. Similar to actual capture the flag. So, overall, I'd say uh, the weekly brawls are, across the board for Blizzard, generally fairly popular. Um, of course, you know, there are also the custom games where you can make some very, very crazy uh, games such as 5,000 times damage, speed, health, 
so on and so forth. Um, jumping is crazy. Like you, quite honestly, I am surprised at the level of configuration that this game sometimes allows when it comes to these games. Uh, and of course, there's the competitive play, which, you know, as you rank up over time, then it allows you to, well, show up on leaderboards. You can start to take a look at um, actually going into leagues and like going professional with it. Um, I think it has a quote. Competitive mode enables players segregated in both region and platform. So, yes, if you play the, the console version versus the PC version, you're not going to play the same sets of people. Uh, but it does separate you and put you up on different leaderboards. Um, but it allows them to participate in ranked play. Competitive mode is run in seasons that last for three months, each with a short break on the order of a week to two weeks between each season to allow Blizzard to make necessary changes to the format. An exception was made for the first season, which ran for 1.5 months to allow align timing for future seasons as the fall on calendar seasons. Now I want to, I want to stop this right here and also mention that these, um, if you're playing with tournament rules and whatnot, um, then it also changes things up a bit there as well. So for example, let's say a new patch came out slightly before the tournament started. It would give the play, it would actually be using an older version of the game. So that gives time for players to get adjusted to the changes, uh, to any new characters, to whatever the changes actually happened in the previous patch. And I think it's actually two patches. Um, don't hold me, don't hold me exactly to that, but I believe it's two patches. So players can really get accustomed to it and not have to worry like, okay, well, this just came out. The tournament's just starting. I have no idea how I'm going to play this. You don't have to worry about that. Um, now, before you can play any ranked matches for that season, though, you have to go through preliminary matches, which assigns you a skill rating which is, you know, partially influenced by the player's previous skill rating on the last season. So if you're coming in new, then you're going to have to kind of build yourself up a little bit. Um, then the ranking is subsequently used for matchmaking purposes in future competitive games for that season. And the player's skill level can move up or down during a season. So just because you came in at one thing, it's not going to be, I'm stuck here. Uh, and it's also going to be influenced by your performance and by winning matches against higher player, higher ranked players or losing matches to lower ranked players. So, for example, if you continuously win against higher ranks, then you're going to probably make it up and start to get higher and higher. But if you lose quite a bit to lower ranks, then you're going to start losing points. And if you're against people of roughly the same or the same rank, then you're not going to move up or down all that much. Um,
players on in a team in competitive mode, however, must choose unique hero to use. So, unlike say some casual games or some custom games, everyone has to choose a different character, uh, a different hero. Uh, now, this is not like Hero the Heroes of the Storm. We've got characters from all across the Blizzard universe. No, these characters are strictly from Overwatch uh, and that world. So, you're only going to really find people from there. And I think there's one person who's maybe like from the moon or something like that. So, yeah, you need to start with picking a unique hero. And this is what sometimes can be a little testy because sometimes uh, the best heroes are the ones that, you know, you may want and that someone else already has so that's not really a great thing there are some characters though that kind of go a little bit above and beyond so for example for this current uh meta meta for those who don't know are pretty much the currently best playing characters or heroes i should say in this aspect um and the best ones right up and now are Roadhog and Junkrat. Uh, very unique names, but they both come from the same place called Junkertown. Um, that came in one of the more recent patches. Well, more recent patches, I should say. Uh, but Junkrat, for the most part, got a buff back in August, late August. Um... Actually, I think both of them did, now that I think about it. And this happened with both PC and console, where, you know, Junkrat, on a whole, has been fairly popular and fairly devastating. But the buffs that happened, and let me see if I can pull it up really quick, is that he can now hold two mines where, you know, one previously, you fight him and he throws down a mine, that's pretty much going to kill you. Um, and then Riptire... His Riptire's movement speed has been increased by 30%, and it's no longer time-limited when wall climbing, which means he can use that and scale walls without any time limit. Makes him a pretty deadly character when you really think about it. Um, people, of course, were saying it was much needed as the movement speed makes it more difficult to take him out and kill if maneuvered skillfully enough. But, you know... That's still kind of OP or overpowered, as some people would say. Roadhog, on the other hand, he's got something that uh, now says take a breather, which can now be used while moving. And damage taken while healing has been reduced by 50%. Which makes, you know, if you've got Mercy or a healer character or like Lucio on him, well, either both of them are healers, but uh, that pretty much means he's... He's going to survive a lot, lot longer. Um, so, what seems to be happening here, though, has that overall, their survivability has really gone up. And so, players have been really using them quite a bit. And I think uh, a place called Omnic Meta, which uh, represented hero usage in competitive play, but not necessarily professional Overwatch. Now, they were saying the buffs to both heroes were certainly helping the two heroes see more time there, but it's too far it's too it's far too early to know if their impact will change the professional Overwatch meta. 
which apparently is being dominated by Doomfist. <laughs> Not surprising. Uh, especially with kind of how OP he is as well. Um, especially since you can continuously stay in the air and then plummet to earth and do damage. Um, whereas not many players, well, not many heroes can really stay in the air like that. Um, of course, you know, there are other characters inside there. There's Widowmaker, who's a sniper. There's Osira, Orisa, sorry, who's a tank and DPS, which is fairly, you know, powerful. But overall, Overwatch is actually ranked 13th uh, when it comes to top earnings. So yes, it does fall under Heroes of the Storm and does fall under Hearthstone. Um, it's actually just under Call of Duty Infinite Warfare, where it's making three point, well, I guess you could say $9 million for the players. Um, there have been 471 tournaments, and there have been 1,918 players so far. At least that has been recorded at eSports Earnings. Now, much like some of the other Blizzard games, they're really trying to push the streamability of these games. And, you know, Twitch being one of the key players for streaming online. Uh... They've tied in with Blizzard, and so there are several different things that you can do. So if you're watching me and you have a Prime account on Amazon Prime, and subsequently a Twitch Prime account on Twitch, and a Blizzard account, along with Overwatch, you can actually go in and you would, will see that you have some Prime loot right there. That allows you to get, uh, currently I think it's five loot boxes. The loot boxes pretty much give you new skins uh, or cosmetic items for your characters which are nice and it gives you a little bit something to play around with your character and customize it a little bit just for you um, unfortunately you know okay so my guess is saying she should be on in five minutes or so So I'm going to talk about Blizzard's, apparently Blizzard's BlizzCon goodie bag is filled with Overwatch goodies as well. Um, so for example, it seems that uh, it has a backpack with a Velcro front for loading up on patches. Neat. Um, Blizzard includes patches for each of its games. So World of Warcraft, Starcraft, Hearthstone, Diablo, Heroes of the Storm, and Overwatch. Uh, apparently, an Overwatch hanger or keychain, yeah, because hanger, that was a little weird for me, um, is included inside of it as well. It's a blind bag, which means you won't know who you're going to get until you open it. You can get Soldier 76, Anna, Diva, Magree, May, Widowmaker, Tracer, Tribjorn, Reaper, Zenyatta, Reinhardt, or Anna Mystery Hero. Apparently, um... Someone got Mercy as well in her one of her particular skins. Um, there's a Overwatch Edition Cupid Deadly Blind Box, 
which is has a mystery hero available there um which you know genji reaper mccree uh diva sombra lucio zara hanzo soldier 76 pharah tracer and bastion are the other options you can find inside and they also have included a special collectible pin that's not explicitly overwatch themed but widowmaker is seen on the package hmm. that's interesting um i think i may actually have to get this i think i may have to get this of course you'll also need to if you're getting the virtual ticket for blizzcon then you get a 10 percent sorry a 10 dollar discount on the goodie bag that you'd be getting so even if you're not attending you can still get the goods now one thing i will also state is that overwatch is one of well last year at blizzcon they how was it this year uh they pretty much stated that they were going to be making a esports league for overwatch and this is kind of where hearthstone and like other leagues kind of started really becoming serious about it I, in my personal opinion um, when it comes to blizzard games is that they wanted to make it where even if you're not if, let's say you're professional if you want to really focus in and play the game then it's hard to do that when you also have to deal with work and life and like a lot of things come in the way what they're trying to do is offer teams that join with Overwatch a certain amount of money per year. And it's enough technically for that team to survive, to live off of. Um, it's not going to be super like a lot of money, but you know, you're not going to be scrapping. Um, unless you're like doing a lot of big purchases or something like that. And what they then allow them to do is uh, when they play games, and like rank in tournaments and whatnot then they get a certain amount of money from that tournament as well to that adds on top of that so a player a person can example for going home with um let's say the team make they give the team one hundred twenty-five thousand dollars. there's four people on that team um four uh four or five people on the team either one um then you're making about thirty-one thousand dollars if it's um, four people or $25,000 a year, if it's five people. Um, that's not accounting for like any other expenses kind of thing. But let's say you rank top three, then whatever you make from that, then get, of course gets split between the team and whatnot. And that's not accounting for any sponsors that you might have. Um, so yeah, you can end up making a pretty penny because there are, for example, if we take a look at Overwatch, um, the typical amounts that the prize pools go are from 25,000 to 300,000. Um, most seem to be within that um, under 200,000 bracket. Um, Actually, most are under that 100,000 bracket, to be quite honest. When the top player, Tai Mao, who 
apparently has made $43,384.23 over the time that he's been playing Overwatch. Um, okay. Sorry, that, that, that scared me. Um, sorry, just one second. Let me just grab my, uh, my guest. Okay, so here we is our guest, Dwan, who's um, just a little bit late, but <laughs> <laughs> just a little bit. Uh, but she's one of our local Overwatch players. And so, Dwan, how long have you been playing Overwatch? Uh, I think like about a year now. I think it's been about a year. Almost. Almost. Okay. Um, so how's your experience been? Like, I know you would have like started playing, you had to get accustomed to it. Like can you tell us a little bit about that? Um, to be honest, when I first started playing it I, I didn't really like it. <laughs> uh it, I don't know, just the the graphics is not I don't know, it wasn't a lot. Uh, I actually got into it because a uh, a close friend of mine uh, and I was watching him play one and I was like, well, you know, let me just pick up the controller and just stop playing for myself. Um, ever since then, I've been playing it. it. The gameplay is good. Music good. Art good. Um, I just ended up falling in love with it because it wasn't something like I expected to like. So that was like a nice little surprise, I think. Okay. So you would have had to start out with some character. Like, so what, what would you say is did you start off with and which character did you really like? Do you prefer playing now? Oh, I started playing off with Mae. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Yeah, the, the girl with the ice cream. Yeah, I started playing off with her, you know, specifically because, you know, I'm a girl. She's a girl. <laughs> so I started playing with her first. And after a while, I was like, this character is kind of boring. <laughs> but that was back when I didn't know how to play with her. Or, like, I didn't know the mechanics of the game, per se. So, and I started venturing out to other characters. Like, I really liked Junkrat, of course. Um... And then I started playing with Diva, so like she's like my main. And I I stopped playing with Junkrat, and then I picked up Bastion as my sub. So okay. It's me so and Diva, Bastion. Can you explain to our viewers a little bit about those characters and why you prefer playing with those? Uh well, Diva is kind of like a tank. Uh, she basically can take a lot of damage. She doesn't. Uh, there's not a lot of damage, but the fact that she can take it and she has like a nice shield uh, was the reason why I picked her. And then she has like this, um, I can't remember what the move is called, but uh, if you press a certain one of the triggers, then she'll just like shoot away from danger. So her, the fact that she was able to escape from other like tightness situations is one of the reasons why I picked her as well. Um, Bastion is just basically, if you're, if you're good at camping, like, Bastion, <laughs> Bastion is the perfect character to play. Like, I have never been in a game where if someone picked Bastion, they didn't end up playing the game at the end. Like, I've never been in a game where that didn't happen. Um, but he, he's actually really nice. I mean, he's like a, a glass powerhouse, I think that's the terminology. Glass cannon, yeah. Yeah, wow. He's like one of those. So, he can give a lot of damage, but, you know, he can't take a lot. So, he's probably practically the opposite of people. So, they kind of, like, balance out themselves sort of so yeah when i'm when i'm when i'm losing though i, I go to diva because i'm better with her so if i get really pissed <laughs> i'm gonna pick people 
And May, she's more like a defensive support class, isn't she? Yeah, she... I guess it's the way you play her, because like, you can use her very aggressively. And she's, she's like, she has so much armor, and she's very intimidating. So if you have her on your team, and like, you need to break up a team, like, it's easy to just like, dash in with her, break them up, like, and then just like, pick them up one by one. Like, she's very good for that. So she's not just a defensive character, because I, I, she's not very a, only a supportive character, sorry. I just, I like to play with her very aggressively. I like to very like and her large size as well is very intimidating. And then with Diva, don't you technically like even if they get you down to a certain point, then you pretty much jump out of your character out of your mobile suit. Yeah, she has like a like this little second life thing going on. So it's like oh you know you know what um Call of Duty when you down. So, what do you generally play when it comes to modes? Um, I know I usually just pick quick play <laughs> or whatever it throws me. It depends though, like, cause I'm very t- I'm very uh, competitive. So like, if I'm losing a lot and I need to like boost up my morale, <laughs> so to speak, I'll hop in like a, a versus AI match. But normally I just press quick play and it finds the game very quickly, so I don't have to wait too, too long. So just okay. off it quickly. So you're more of one of the uh, casual matchmakers, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Um, have you played any of their special games like Lucio Ball or um, any of the weekly brawls that they have? Um, I haven't played the Lucio Ball. Uh, in terms of that, I guess the closest thing I would have played would be like the um, seasonal stuff. Like I played Junk uh, Junkenstein's Revenge, I think it was called, and I played um, King's Road. That one was really good. So I, I don't know that I really don't venture out into the other modes. Usually because I die a lot. I don't like, <laughs> I don't like to die. So. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think anyone really likes to die. <laughs> <laughs> um, now you mentioned playing Junkrat as well. Like, so how would you how would you you play Junkrat? Um, I'm, I'm just an aggressive player, man. Like, <laughs> just, <laughs> just so aggressive with everybody. But normally, I've when I first started playing with him, it was aggressive, but now, like, he would be, like, my support character. Like, I, because he doesn't have, like, a lot of health, so I just linger in the back and basically play a game of cat and mouse with whoever I'm fighting against. So I would attack the person and basically make them run after me, throw down uh, the cage, um, the barricade thing, and then when I get caught in it, then I just blast their head off. So. Yeah, I have to be a bit more strategical with him. That's quite a difference. Um, <laughs> that is quite a difference. Yeah. yeah. You gotta know the map you want to do that kind of stuff. So. 
So it, it comes with a little bit of experience then, you're saying. Right, right, right. Okay. Well, for our players, well, our watchers, I should say, our viewers, uh, what tips and tricks would you suggest, especially if they're just starting out or if they've been around for a little bit of time? Um, well, I know I lost a lot because I didn't know the maps. Like, it's a good thing to know where like your health is like that's imperative like you could always just slip out a bottle and run around the corner and there's the same like little care package for you just waiting there so it's imperative to know like your maps and it's also good to if you don't know who your flame is like just carry them in um training i just um basically learn your character because it's it's one thing to like just be put in mash and be like oh you know i'll have fun but it's another thing that you have to take the time to learn out there their specials, what they're capable of, like, just to say example for D.Va, like, how I know she can take a lot of damage, but she can't give any, so I have to then plan and know how I'm going to make up for what she's lacking, so that would be my two, that was four things, two, <laughs> <laughs> my two um, advice, tips. So, what would you do if you are in, like, you're picking your your characters now? And someone picks the character that you want to actually play as. Mm, I hate that. But it, it also goes with like knowing the characters. Like you just can't pick one person. You have to be able to on you have to be able to know how to play with more than one character, basically. And don't have a favorite because you're more than likely everyone like somebody's gonna pick your favorite over you eventually. Uh, a good way I got over that was actually doing this, like they said, the seasonal stuff where they force you to play with other characters. Like, um, Tarabon is actually really good. The shark guy with the, the mm -hmm. ranch and stuff, he was really, really fun to play with. And I learned how to use Tracer from that as well. So, like, there's a bunch of different characters, and you can find like different ways to fall in love with them. Like, they, they're so diverse and so different. Like, this not one thing that's alike in, in two characters so you can always find a reason like to not get bored by picking and switching it up so so just stay with one person okay um what made you want to play junkrat though <laughs> um the person who introduced me to the game was playing with junkrat so i'm like okay this is the only person i have really seen in the game thus far and he had a good tactic so i'm like okay i'm gonna play with him but then like i said i got into play with other people and I realized that hey you know he's not the only character so. okay and what do you think of Junkrat's new um uh, well the buffs that they gave Junkrat in the last patch mm, well I haven't played Overwatch since the recent patch I heard like they changed a lot of things especially with him and Mercury so I cannot answer that question at the moment but I will, check, I will check it out. Well, I know... Let me see if I can pull it back up. They were saying that Junkrat... Oh, wow. Junkrat can now hold two mines. The tire movement speed is increased by 30%, and it's no longer a time limit when wall climbing. That's a lot. I think they should put the time limit back on. <laughs> <laughs> You should put the time with the back on. I don't know, I'll have to play against him and see, like, because you have some mods that actually work better for the game, and then you have that overkill. Like, I heard Mercy's new 
changes, like in the right setting, is like overkill. It's just like too much. So I'd have to actually be in game and play against him to see like how bad it is, how much um, he upsets me. Just, just for curiosity's sake, like, and just tell me how you feel about like these other changes that happen to some of the other characters. Orisa um, um, got uh, her fusion driver projectile and sp- speed increased by twenty percent. Her protective barrier size increased by twenty percent, and the shape has been changed to allow for more coverage from enemies that are below the barrier. Okay, see, so you no, know, now that she needed that because it was very easy, especially with a tank like Diva or with a continuous fire like Passion to break her shield and stuff. So, like, she needed that. Like, that's some. That sounds like something like a good thing for her. So, that one sounds like the one. Okay, so Roadhogs take a breather can now be used while moving and damage taken while being healed has been reduced by 50%. Oh man, I actually, <laughs> that was one of the tricks I got to, I like picked up on how to, you know, kill him easier. It was like to continuously shoot at him while he's uh, still and he's regenerating, but I guess for a Roadhog main, you know, that would be a good addition. But for somebody like me who never plays with him, and I was always up against somebody like that, it's like, darn. <laughs> um, and Widowmaker, apparently her grappling hook's cooldown has been reduced from 12 seconds to 8. And her Venom Mine, now the affected targets are visible through walls to you as Widowmaker only, though. Like, I don't have to play with her. I don't really play with her. So. She's annoying. So. <laughs> whatever, whatever. Um, I guess the grappling hook. But when I played with her, I didn't feel like the grappling hook was long enough. So I don't know how players are going to adjust with that. So that'll be interesting to see how they make up for that. Okay. Well, we're gonna actually going to cut things off right about here. Okay. Um, thanks for coming on this week. Thanks for having me. And everyone, thanks for watching and actually, you know, sticking around. Uh, Don't forget, our shows are for Esports Wrap, Tuesdays at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time. And for Tech Talk, it's on Thursdays at 6.30pm Eastern Standard Time. Right here on Twitch. Or the edited versions will be on Facebook and YouTube. Well, until Tuesday, Thursday. Thursday. (laughs) Next time.